Hi and welcome back to That F1 Podcast. I'm Chris. I'm Charlie. And I'm Jess. And on this week's race summary, Perez has a mystery power failure resulting in him starting in the pits. It's a two-horse race between Hamilton and Verstappen. And Hamilton by winning with the smallest of margins sparking the start of what might just be a great season. So what do you guys think? I I thought it was a pretty good race for the first opening kind of weekend. I think it's a difficult race to judge purely because of the timing and the temperatures on track. It's not one to kind of outline the entire season like Melbourne potentially is. You've got, you know, Ferrari when we came here towards the back end of last season did just as well, but then struggled at Imola and, and some of the more, like European power tracks. So it's difficult to kind of gauge where everybody's going to be at, but it's certainly started off as a promising race for the season. Yeah, I mean, I have to agree with that. It was a really promising race. I was so excited that Red Bull found themselves near the front again, you know, closer than they've been in such a long time. And the, the first race of the season is so important to get the idea of where the race teams are starting, even if it isn't Melbourne, which is a bit annoying because, like, the Bahrain Grand Prix itself is a difficult track, so it doesn't entirely fit to everyone's strengths. Like, it's good for Red Bull, but it's not good for Mercedes because it's got loads of corners. So it's not a great one to show where the teams are at at the start of the series, but it's also not awful. And, I mean, it did show that Red Bull are closer than they ever have been before at the start of the series. Well, I say ever. I mean, what, five, six years now? Yeah. So, yeah, I'm really excited for that, and I really, really hope it continues. But I also hope as well it doesn't then become like a two-team championship because I really want kind of – I want the McLarens and I want Aston Martin. I want other teams to be up there fighting as well. So I hope we get that this year. Yeah. And I think we will by the look of it. The only team I am worried about is um, Aston Martin and Sebastian Vettel, the saint that is Sebastian Vettel. Mm. Yeah, I thought McLaren was probably one of the better teams this weekend throughout the whole thing. Um I felt that a lot of the teams were quite disappointing this weekend in terms of strategy and how they performed. I think performance-wise, you've got to look at Haas, you've got to look at Alpine, Aston Martin. Strategy-wise, I think Mercedes completely lost the plot midway through the race. And I think that Red Bull just, you know, if it wasn't for Max passing on that part of the track and giving it back, I think I saw a video that said Lewis Hamilton um he ran wide at that corner 29 times throughout the race, which when you consider that there's only kind of 56 laps, he over half the laps he did, he went wide at that corner and he was only penalised after that point. It was a bit of a, you know, the FIA have definitely got a uh, something to look at for future races. But I definitely think that McLaren going forward, you got Lando went from seventh to fourth. He showed some real good pace to get past Charles and keep him at bay. Um, I think that Danny Ricciardo would be disappointed with seventh, but I genuinely think that he's got a lot more to come. I think that he did a similar thing at Renault last year when he joined or the year before that. And it'll just be a couple of weeks and he'll be, you know, he'll be back into the swing of things. But I think it's definite promise from from the whole team. Yeah, I mean, I have to agree with that. McLaren, I mean, if you look at where the drivers ended up in comparison to their teammates, McLaren had the steadiest kind of both members of their team in the points, neither of them having particularly any dramas. I mean, it was always going to be fairly obvious, I personally, that Lando Norris was going to outdo Daniel Ricciardo in the race because he just knows the car better. You know, it's almost a given, really. But I was really impressed in Daniel Ricciardo for beating Lando Norris in qualifying, even only by one place. I thought that was really, really good of him because... 
a new car isn't easy. You know, some people think that a car's a car, but it's really not. I mean, they have completely different steering wheels, for example, and a lot of what they do is based on the, their steering wheels. So to just hop in that car and only have three days worth of practice and then to then put in a seventh place performance and a sixth position quality, it's pretty damn good. And you should be pretty impressed with themselves for that. Yeah, I totally agree. Yeah. Well, so I completed driver analysis this week. Uh, I concentrated on Sergio Perez. And basically what I did was I wrote my analysis as the race was happening because I thought that would be a really interesting way to get some live coverage over, over what he did step by step. And actually, I chose a really good, really, really good option. Uh, so I was kind of keeping my fingers crossed that he was going to be interesting. And boy, was he. Um, so Sergio started off the race with having a mystery power failure. I put, I believe, because I actually don't know yet what happened there, whether that was a driver error or whether that was an engineering error or an electrical error. We don't know. But I would assume it was an electrical error. Um, so he started off the race on the formation lap with a mystery power loss. He dealt with that situation so, so well because he sat there. He stayed calm. It could be really easy to get stressed in that situation. He stayed calm. He told the stewards to go away because one of the kind of rules in F1 is that as a steward assists your car, you will get penalised or you will get taken out of the race. And Sergio said, no, I don't need you to push me, even though you can't you can't jumpstart these cars. But he said, no, I don't want you to push me. I want to restart it myself. And he did, you know, I mean, he obviously pressed like alt delete or something like that, because before you knew it, the screen had lit back up again and he was off again. That did mean that he had to start from the pits, but it could have meant that he had like a 40, you know, 10 second time penalty at some point in the race or that he couldn't start the race at all. So he did the right thing at that time and he did it really well. Whether it was driver error or not, I don't know, but he reacted well to it. Um, he then, bless him, had to start from the pits. Uh, so he started from 20th place. He then changed to another set of medium tyres during the first stint of the race, which was a virtual safety car. And then in the first 10 laps of the race, he went from 19th um, at the back of the pack to 12th, which I think is really amazing, actually. That's a really big jump in 10 laps. And people who were at the back of the track were like Sebastian Vettel, Pierre Gasly. So they were hard people to pass that he obviously did really well to do so. Um, so then Perez went up to third on the 18th lap, and that was because of his early pit stop. It meant that he had a head start against everybody else. But then obviously he had to come in for another pit stop. So he kind of went back down, but he ended up in fifth, which actually is a really, really good position in your first race. I don't think it's as amazing as he may would have liked, because I think Sergio is the type of person who would always want to be on a podium if he had a podium winning car. So I think maybe he could have kind of improved a little bit and I think he'll definitely learn some things from it. So fifth is a really, really good place to finish and he should be really proud of himself. But I have a funny feeling that he'll probably want to improve that next week. So that was my driver analysis of Sergio Perez. I did see in the post-race interviews that they all seemed pretty happy from starting position through to about seventh when it got to Ricardo. Uh, and he was just like, I am not happy. I'm not happy at all. So everyone else seemed pretty like content, like top seven. Uh, Ricardo was not happy at all with his performance. Yeah, that's just the kind of person he is, really. He's got quite high expectations for himself. I think part of it is he's also realising that he's not getting any younger. He needs to get back to where he was with Red Bull. And he thinks that McLaren are the best way to do that. I think early signs are showing that he's definitely made the right decision. I think he'd be even more 
frustrated if he was in that Alpine because it just didn't look like a fast car at all. It, it, I think Ocon finished 16th, didn't he? And Alonso didn't finish. He finished 13th and Alonso didn't finish due to brake failure. Yeah, which is it's never good. So, yeah, I think Danny Rick would definitely be, I think him and Sainz will be the two who are looking to improve, especially going to Italy. Um, it's interesting with Ferrari to see what they're doing as well, purely because of the whole engine issues that they had. I mean, I must admit, do you think, I think Ferrari looked less like a tractor this year. It seemed more, uh, more at the I back. don't know. It, it's hard to say. As I said earlier, it's the track favoured Ferrari last time they were here and Leclerc put it fourth in qualifying and fell back down the order, which is pretty much what he did yesterday as well. Yeah. So, you know, it would be it's going to be tracks like Spa, Singapore, where historically they've been good, which are very power based circuits. Um, it's going to be those tracks which make or break them, I think. Imola isn't too bad on it. I think they could just about get away with not having too much pace. But I think that when you're looking at McLaren, how fast they were, they were catching those Ferraris with relative ease. They're going to be the main team. I would not be surprised at all to see Ferrari fourth or fifth, maybe, around with Aston Martin kind of range by the end of the season. Yeah, I would completely agree with that. I think Ferrari coming fourth this year would be an achievable goal. Um, do I think it's going to happen? I don't know. At the moment, I, it all rides on Aston Martin's performance for me, whether they, whether Ferrari get fourth or fifth, yeah. because Aston Martin were not impressive. I mean, Lance Stroll qualified in 10th and finished in 10th. And I mean, Sebastian Vettel, bless his heart, qualified in 20th because he finished in 18th after it was, I'm going to say it, it wasn't his fault. Okay. It wasn't. Yeah. He, you know, his so his first fast lap was um, there was one yellow flag that got in the way, and then he went to start his second fast lap, which was ruined by the first one, and something else happened which caused a yellow flag. And I think that can happen to drivers sometimes. Do I think he was unlucky? Yes. Do I think he would have been higher up the pecking order if it weren't for those yellow flags? I think he'd have got himself out of Q1. That's what I'm going to say. I'm not saying he'd have got to Q3, but I'm saying he'd have got himself out. But yeah, it's not great for him because he started in 20th after a grid penalty and then finished in 15th. So he's out of the points anyway. So it's not a great start for Aston Martin in the sport, really. But there you are. Lovely. Moving on to Chris's quiz. Who's ready for Chris's quiz? (laughs) Yes, yes, yes. Okay. I'm going to set you off with the first question. And the first question sort of sets the theme for some follow-up questions. Bottas had the fastest lap of this Grand Prix. But what was his time? Charlie. Yes. Oh, Charlie first. Was it like a 132 or 133? Can I can 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 you give me 133? Maybe 133. Jess? 128. All right, goes to Charlie. It's 132. <gasps> yeah. Lovely. Leading on to the second question. What is the fastest speed an F1 car has gone? I'll accept Charlie. miles an hour or kilometres. 193. 193 what? Miles an hour. Jess? 197 miles an hour. I'm going to give it to Jess. I've got here the fastest recorded speed was 231 miles an hour. Oh. Wow. What? Who did that? When? 
It was Bottas, and it was in the Mexico Grand Prix in 2016. Oh, we're talking in general. Okay. Fair enough. Yeah, fair Did enough. you think of, like, this race? Or... I thought of this race, yeah. To Sorry, be fair, no. that is fast, even in general. Yeah, Good I can picture where it is in Mexico, though. It'd be down the back straight, which lasts about a quarter of a mile, probably. Yeah, yeah. And, oh, you just forget that one straight in the whole of Formula One, and you've forgotten how quick they go. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Damn. So that point goes to Jess, so it's one all. Okay, carrying on our Bottas-themed questions. Where is Bottas from? Charlie. Jeff. Oh, I think I heard Charlie first. What? Finland. Yes. <laughs> Damn. That's such a... <laughs> I didn't know if you okay. wanted like an exact place from Finland. <laughs> yeah, what village? <laughs> Lapland. Uh, okay, question four. This is the last of the Bottas theme questions. I might say that for the last one. If I did, I forgot about this one. Who's taller, Hamilton or Bottas? Charlie. Ja- oh, Charlie first. Um, Hamilton. Yes. Well, I'm going to have to say Bottas, aren't I? <laughs> oh, yeah, well, it's Hamilton. Charlie, I'll give you a bonus point if you can tell me what, what, is, what Hamilton's height is, and it's in metres. Jess. In metres? Yeah. Charlie. Charlie. Uh, like, I'm going to guess 1.6 metres. Oh, it's 1.74. Oh, okay. Bottas yeah. is 1.73 metres. Yes, in Hamilton's like 5'7", five, 5'8". Uh, I'm not sure what the conversion is of that. From I know 1.6 is five foot five. Yeah, so it's probably like five foot. Yeah, yeah. You have to be sure. You can't be that tall to be an F1, can you? Because you get too heavy and you don't fit. I think the, the, tallest, the tallest person on the grid is Ocon or is Ocon, Russell, Daniel Ricciardo, and uh, Nicholas Latifi. I think are the tallest. I think I even the tallest one of them is like six, six foot, foot, isn't he? Yeah. Yeah. There's some good question ideas. I might prepare those for future weeks. <laughs> what, how confused we are at the height of F1 driving. <laughs> um, okay, the final question. So how many have we got? I think we have three to Charlie and one to Jess. Okay, I, I can make this one two points if Jess gets it, just to see if we can make it exciting. <laughs> Where did Yuki Suda finish? Charlie. Yes. I'm going to give it to Jess. He finished in ninth. I'll give you a bonus point if you can tell me where he started. Thirteenth. Oh my god, two <laughs> points! <laughs> <laughs> what have we got? We got one, two, three, one, two. It's a draw! <laughs> it's a draw. So I think the leaderboard stands now. If a draw, it's yeah, it's 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 still one all to both of you. <laughs> This is a good leaderboard. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm not actually a, a Sonoda mega fan or anything like that. <laughs> so we'll just have a quick chat about paddock gossip. I mean, at the start of the season, there's never much gossip because everyone's just signed for their like current teams. So no one's thinking about moving apart from <laughs> there is rumours. And I have to stress that they are rumours that Pierre Gasly is thinking about moving to Alpine next year. Um, I think it would be a really good place for him. I'm not sure they have as an aggressive car as AlphaTauri, but I think it's all about where he feels like he'll progress. And I'm not sure there is space for him in the Red Bull development system anymore. You know, I think when 
a driver goes up to Red Bull and then gets put back down to their development team, AlphaTora, it kind of defeats the object of the development team because it doesn't have development drivers in, it has drivers who have failed at Red Bull. So I think maybe if he wants to progress in the sport, which obviously he does, he's a race winner this year, he can have some swagger in his walk because he's he's done it. I think he can have a look at some other options because I don't think Red Bull are treating him how he, how they like how he deserves to be. But the same with every driver. Every driver deserves a chance. So yeah. I think Alpine are uh, it's all the driver market this year is going to be kicked off by what Hamilton does. If uh, I think Mercedes have got him, Bottas, and Russell all out of contract by the end of the season, so. And, you know, I think Alonso's on a multi-year deal. So despite being 41 or however old he is, 40, um, he's going to be there for at least another year after this. Ocon is managed by Toto Wolff, which is a fast track to a Mercedes seat, if I've ever seen one. It could be that next year, if Bottas does go as well, we end up seeing Russell and Ocon in a Mercedes. And then we have kind of Verstappen's also in the mix for that. But... Alpine have got so many talented young drivers. I think this this weekend in the F2, we saw a podium compri- comprised of just Alpine yeah. test drivers. I think it was uh, Oscar Piastri, Guan Yu Zhou, and Lawson. I know the last one. Lawson? Lawson's Red Bull, I think. Yeah, but he definitely, he won the first feature race, didn't he? He won the, I think the po- there was one race where the whole podium was just yeah. Renault Academy. I'm trying to think, oh, this is going to annoy me now. Too many F2 podiums in one weekend. Christian Lungard. Thank you. So, you know, Oscar Piastri won F3 last year. Guan Yu Zhou's into his third year in F2. And Christian Lungard's... Uh, Christian Lungard is still the really bad voice throw there. Can we cut that out? No. Please. <laughs> I'll note the time. Thank you. Um, but yeah, Christian Lungard had a really promising year last year and he's coming back into it this year. So... You know, it's going to be difficult to see who goes where. I think there's a lot of variables at the end of this year as well. Yeah. So, you know, Vettel as well might might decide that he's not, he doesn't fancy it if Aston don't perform. I think he's got a multi-year contract. Multi-year. <laughs> Is yeah. that not the dream every F1 driver has? That they can go out and tell the media that they have a multi-year contract. Unless you're stuck in said multi-year contract. That's yes. true. Yeah, unless you're being held hostage like Charles Leclerc is. Um, yeah. Maybe cut that out as well. That sounds horrible from me. No, He's no not way. Stuck. No, that's the He's truth. That's the fact. No, we all saw Drive to Survive. <laughs> <laughs> Charles Leclerc may not know it yet, but we all do. but I think you're right about the driver's market I think Lewis Hamilton will kick that off Mm. I think I hope he stays to be honest because I think he'd be a really good mentor for Russell Um, I'd like to see a Lewis Hamilton-Russell kind of teammate situation Um, but you are right about Ocon Um, I would like if like could you explain to me and others hopefully why Verstappen could be an option for the Mercedes seat? Um, well, it's just, you know, Verstappen is arguably the best young driver on the grid. I'd say he's the second best driver on the entire grid at the moment. If Mercedes, Red Bull can only give him so much, you know, they've defended him in every single, like he's, he's a good driver. He's beaten every single teammate he's had pretty much. 
bit. The last one that came even close was Ricardo, and the only reason he left was because he was sick of Max getting preferential treatment, which, you know, coming into it at the age of 18, 19, going into a Red Bull, you would do. So, you know, Verstappen can only do so much at Red Bull. And the thing is with Red Bull as well, you've got so many drivers in that umbrella of the academy. I think they've got three academy drivers in Jehan Daruvula, Yuri Vips and Liam Lawson. Um, you know, I could go on forever about the approach that Red Bull have to youth. But, you know, it's just a case of how much can Verstappen get out of the Red Bull? How much can Red Bull get out of Verstappen if he doesn't come too close to Hamilton this year? I think that if Mercedes get Verstappen and Russell into a Mercedes, I think that it's over. Like, there's no nothing that Red Bull they can promote Yuki Sonona, they can, you know, put Pierre Gasly or Alex Albon back in the other car, but there's no way that they're coming close to that. Yeah, that would that, be like the biggest U-turn. You know, if yeah. that was a film, you know, that would be like the, yeah. the biggest I, plot twist possible. I think that it's definitely a possibility. I, I think that as I said, Max can only get so much out of that Red Bull at the minute. They've got a genuinely competitive car for the first time. I think the last couple of years, you could say that it was, it was in and around the mark. But this year, he should have won yesterday. There's no doubt. No doubt in that. It, Mercedes had a terrible strategy and Red Bull didn't help Max particularly. Why did Max Verstappen have to give up the place? Because like, so, he got him, and then I was like, right. he's going to win it. And then they said something about because Hamilton lost it on the outside, he had to give it up or something. Can I do this one, Charlie? Yeah, go for it. Yeah! So, so it's, I mean, Charlie can add to it because I'm sure he's got so much more depth than me on it. But basically, it's kind of something that you see quite rarely, really. Um, but so when you saw Verstappen and Lewis kind of having a bit of a battle, Verstappen took the place and got in front of Lewis Hamilton by going past the boundaries of the track. So he went past the white lines in order to do it. Verstappen now, did. Verstappen did, yes. Right. To get in front of Lewis Hamilton, Verstappen went outside of the track, which is something that can be penalised. And he would have maybe got a 10 second or five second time penalty. Um so it's actually probably best in that situation to just give the place back because they can't penalty you if you haven't gained anything from it. There was, I think Max was saying over the radio that he would have actually preferred an after race penalty because he yeah. felt that he had the pace to, I think, I, it's hard to say how long the penalty would have been. They, they were so back and forth with the track limits on turn four that, you know, as I said, Hamilton did it, I think it was recorded 29 times. Verstappen did it after his engineers told him he could do it. And then all of a sudden it was the plug was pulled. And even though, you know, it was one of those. So it would, yeah, between five and 10 seconds, probably the penalty, maybe a drive through, something like that. If not, if it was taken earlier in the race. But yeah, it was just one of those where. Yeah, five second penalty would have been a lot for the last few laps to try and oh, get. Oh, yeah. Especially yeah. with Hamilton behind you. Yeah. But, you know, it was really, it was Hamilton's driving that got him out of that. 100%. Hamilton's driving yeah. in the last bit of that race was so, so amazing. Like, you sometimes don't really see it when watching on the telly, do you? You don't get the idea of it. But his car, like, isn't isn't as good as Red Bull's this year. I'm going to say it fundamentally. On that track, Red Bull had the top car. Yeah. And Red Bull... Are, are normally really good with their strategy. You know, they always have the strategy because they have to in order to to try and defeat Mercedes. So those two things should have given them an instant win, really. Yeah. But Mercedes really tried and 
Lewis is just an incredible driver. You know, to anyone who says that he wins because he's got a good car, I think that proves them wrong because he didn't have an amazing car. The Mercedes strategy was definitely more luck than judgment at the end. I think yes. they bottled it about halfway through and just sort of made it up as they went along. I completely um, agree with that. I, I felt that, yeah. I, I was screaming at, like, I was just trying to comprehend what they were doing. And, you know, luckily it all worked out for them. In another world, Max Verstappen gets past him easily. I, I, personally, I don't know why he didn't just wait till later in the lap. He, yeah. had, he had the back straight. He could have got DRS. It would have been a, an easy pass. I think it was just a bit of impatience on Max's part, trying to get the get the move done and get gone, try and give her a gap. But yeah, yeah I, think I think in the that, moment he just didn't think. Do you know yeah. what I mean? He just thought, I've got to give it back, better do One it now. One thing that was interesting was apparently Red Bull didn't tell Sergio that he could use the um, the same line that Hamilton was using. They oh. only told Max. So, so much gossip. Yeah. So even though, because Perez, if he could have, you know, there's not much in that every lap, but once you do it after a while, it it builds up. And he was, I think, six seconds behind Norris at the end. So if he'd have done that before, he might have stood a chance of gaining a few more seconds on him. He could have got past other cars easier. You know, there's a whole whole realm that you could explore that could have happened but i think that going into imola next week i think it, or next next time we're racing i think it's definitely going to be a a challenge because i don't think Imola's not as forgiving as bahrain in any capacity no it's really not i mean no and don't forget is imola not where alex albon got a podium last year yeah, uh, oh, I'm trying to think now because there was the third one, wasn't there? At Mugello, I thought it was Mugello. Oh, it was Mugello. I think that um, Imola was the one where Gasly had won at Monza the week before and he retired early on. Yeah, Danny Kvyat came back, fifth, didn't he? Danny Ricardo got third. I yeah. remember now, Danny Ricardo got third. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, I think that M- McLaren genuinely have a shout. I think next week, yeah. I think if Perez doesn't have the electronical issue he had in qualifying, I think that that helps him as well. So I, I think that it'll just end up filtering into some variation of Red Bull and Mercedes, then McLaren. That's yeah. what it'll be throughout the season. At this point, I think that Ferrari are the next team after that. And I think that Alpine and Aston are just going to fight it out for whatever's there. I don't think their whatever's cars are any. I don't think they're anything special at the minute. No, I agree. I agree. I think genuinely uh, Sauber could upset both of them. Yeah. I thought that that Sauber looked really good. Like, it was just a different car to last year. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. So we've had a few questions um, about why wasn't champagne used? And it's something that comes out literally every year when we go to, like, the like South Asian stint of the, of the, of the, like, of the year. So it's basically used because, like, in Saudi Arabia, they don't drink alcohol. They don't have like it's illegal yeah, to drink alcohol. I, I, didn't they have like a rose, something rose water? Or yeah, something? rose water, which yeah. is apparently really nice. But did anyone else think it just didn't spray? <laughs> yeah, it looked. They needed it looked to put like a peppermint strange. in that or something. Yeah, because I think they did in the F two, didn't they? I thought they did in the F two, but it was really awkward. Like the race finished, and then he was like, "Now for the drinks or whatever he said." Yeah, and it's a bit, yeah. and. It, they just drunk it and then left. And Max yeah. Verstappen, did you see how quickly Max Verstappen got off that podium? Don't blame him. He pla- he practically ran. You know, yeah. Bottas didn't stay around either. When Lewis Hamilton had that photo at the end, it was him and his financial officer, which, by the way, is a lovely option to put on your podiums. Mm. Never forget your support staff. 
Um, but I just, I was just like, oh, everyone's gone, have they? Oh, right, okay. No one's doing anything to celebrate this. Nope, okay, fair enough. <laughs> so yeah, they don't use champagne, they use rose water. So that's it for this week. I think we've, we've covered everything from a pretty entertaining first first race back in 2021. Uh, we've got about three weeks now to wait until the next time. I think we are in uh, Imola, back in Italy, Ferrari home race. So it should be entertaining to see how they get on there. But on the high, I think we're all done here. So yeah, goodbye from us. Bye. Yeah.